every chair, every upholstered seat on that chair, every booth, every piece of woodwork was all made in Chicago. Wow. Nobody knows that. Upset Chicago is a conversation between me and a fellow creative entrepreneur where we talk about what it takes to do design differently in a big city. This is what I hope will be one of many podcast episodes. My name is Casey and this is Upset Chicago. This first episode focuses on us as business owners and what it has been like to have a business that went from zero to booming in just two years. We are the owners of Wayward Machine Company. It is an artisan metal fabrication shop that serves the Chicago hospitality industry. How did you get started doing that with them? Like, I mean, were you already doing sort of this work well, and you realized no, that this was a... I built, I built motorcycles my whole life. Oh, okay. That's all, like, I've ever done my whole life. Yeah. Um, and we moved down to this space from the suburbs because we, were, we, were, we weren't really looking. We are kind of looking for a space that was cool and unique and right. something where you could, like, live, work, and... Um, See, I'll live here, too. Yeah, 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 this is where we live, shops in the back, and uh, a friend of ours lives down the street. Oh, cool. He's like, hey, you gotta come see this place. It's yeah. Cool. So, uh, um, yeah, so we moved in here. I all, had all the intention to still do motorcycle work. I built vintage Harley's. I restore vintage motorcycle parts and do all this stuff. And, uh, a friend of mine was working for a designer who owns and designs all these restaurants. For, for like where we're working today yeah. and she's like hey you think you can make a light fixture it's like yeah like it's metal I'll make it so then we made a light fixture for uh, for Willow Room it's called it's at uh, Lincoln it's awesome it's awesome awesome it's a cool yeah. place we made some light fixtures for her and then they're like hey can you make these bar stools <laughs> and then we made 85 bar stools and that was a stereo yeah. Oh yeah. In Logan Square. So then like just snowballed. They're like and then Kevin ever since that the designer's like, I'll just keep you busy That's as awesome. long as you can handle it and we just kept doing it and doing it and doing it and then like the projects kept getting bigger and I just hired more people and they get bigger and bigger and bigger. Wow. And so we're in business less than two years now and we're like that's crazy. Yeah, because yeah. you said you started, you moved here about two years ago. Yeah. That's when you started doing it. Yeah, and I did motorcycle work that was enough to pay our bills, and it was just like me by myself. Right. I could have been me by myself and hired one person. Right. That's kind of like an apprentice role to help me, and I could have just stayed, like, just doing that. Right. And be, been, like, fine. Right. But then this was just, like, a whole different... So how many people so, are working here now? Now we have uh, four full-time... Plus me, Casey, and then we have part-time, a wow. couple part-time help. Yeah. yeah, so like two part-time. I would say three-ish, two and a half-ish. Yeah, depending on it, but yeah, for sure two part-time. Yeah. So, yeah. That's, I mean, that seems really, that so, seems remarkably fast for that all to happen. Um, yeah. I, I don't know, I don't have a point of comparison, I guess, 
It's not normal, but and that causes some problems. Really? Because when you grow that fast, you don't have the infrastructure set to make it run smoothly. Yeah. Hard. Hard shit, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So as you as you've no. I mean, it sounds like it's a continual process, but as you figured out more of what you need, like what what do you need? Who do you need to run a business? I mean, obviously people to do yeah. physical um, to do the physical work. But what what else? Yeah. Like to make this run? There's so what do you need? many different aspects oh, right? in the business that we do. We need we need fabricators that can work independently. Work independently and can't stand over them. Right. See people with good work ethic, you know, that hustle. Just yeah. hustle. And we're not trying to like pay our everybody pretty fair. Right? There's one of our guys. <laughs> yeah. He loves us. We pay people fairly and you know, uh, and we we have a cool work environment too, you know. And, um, but you still have to show up to work. And we want this to be a career for our employees and not a job. So that means we have to allow for growth, but that means we also expect growth. Right. Because we want, like, we want him. He's lucky because you started working here when you, what, you were 22. Like, it was this, yeah, but it was like you're 22 and that you started this year, right? Yeah. yeah. So he started when he was 22. If he wants to make this a career, he could have 30 years under his our belt. Lead, our lead, I didn't know a single thing about him. No, but you you get to be Brian if you yeah, want to stay. Yeah. But you did or did not know something. Did not. Didn't know no, no, my, my only experience I ever had was uh, working construction. Okay. But, like, and that was mostly carpentry. Yeah. And yeah. So you had no metal fast. I, I, I needed money, and I like, had no interest in really, like, pursuing this. Right. At all. Yeah. But, and then it turned out, like, I was like, I tried welding. And I was like, well, this is fucking rad. <laughs> and then he just kept on doing it and kept on doing it. And then trying to get better. Yeah. You know? Yeah. He's doing a fantastic job. Yeah. Thanks. But our lead Super. fabricator, who's 32, yeah. he's got ten, 31, 32, he's got 10 years on him. And that's how he started. Right. He started at the right age. He started stuck the right with age. the career. Now he's like, he didn't bounce around. Yeah. Now he's awesome. like, my. Dude, like, yeah. we lose so him. Good. We lose yeah. him. So good. Like, we he lose is the such business. a pivotal part of our business that <laughs> right. we lose him. I'm fucking I'm hurt to find somebody with his expertise and, yeah. you know, loyalty. He's very loyal to us. Um, How do you find people? Well, we've, we've people we have. Um, Brian comes from uh, somebody we, we know his wife. We've known her for... Maybe years. 12 years, mm-hmm. and then we never knew her husband did metal fab. And just through talking, that's yeah. how so that's how he came about. And then he was a friend. Well, I walked of, in. Uh, me, me and John walked in the shop together. Yeah, yeah. He, he lives next cool. door, and he became oh, cool. friends. Yeah. And, you know, so that's how he came about. Yeah. The new, the only person that's like completely off the street is John, the newest guy, and that's just a. Instagram ad. Oh, nice. Hey, yeah. we need to find somebody who can like do yeah. that. And yeah. that and that was the first person that was completely not related to anyone we know. Similar interests. Yeah. Yeah, we all like and that's the thing, every single person in my shop likes motorcycles. Yeah. Which is fucking cool. rock and roll. And likes rock and roll, yeah. for sure. <laughs> so it's like all that works. If you don't jive in that, that right. deal, then you're not you know, you might not make it with us. Sure. Yeah. You know? Um I, my, I work every day for my employees 
for sure. I get jobs, I get pissed off when jobs don't go right for my employees, plain and simple. They need to get, it's a, that's my passion. I'm never motivated by money, ever. If you, if you go into business like this type of business, motivated by money, how many dollars you're gonna make, you're not gonna fucking make it. Cause we make really, we make really good money. I'm not gonna. We make enough money to support a large team for how everybody. young we are. Right. But if you business, make that you your know? fucking priority, right. you're not gonna make it. And I feel like that's like any business. Why, why is that? Is it just because you're not gonna be concentrating on the stuff that's important? Yeah. yeah, because you have to be willing to build a community, yeah. and you have to be willing to build loyalty with your employees, yeah. or it's just about turnaround, yeah. Yeah. you know, because it's like, we could be each trying to take home $100,000 a year, which would leave the business peanuts, which means we would pay be paying our guys shit, right. you know, but our number one priority is we just started taking a paycheck. Like, our number one priority is getting the guys paid, yep. and we are last on the list. Yeah. Because we want we want you to be with us until we're not having kids. He's going to take the business, <laughs> <Yeah>. so <laughs> you better not fuck up. Well, also, if you're still here, like, yeah. you go to Bad Hunter, Yeah. everything at Bad Hunter, every chair, every upholstered seat on that chair, every booth, every piece of woodwork, was all made in Chicago. And oh. nobody knows that. And no one assumes it either. They don't assume that. <laughs> they all think so it's store bought. Yeah. You order walk in the place China. and be like, this place is beautiful. But everything was crafted here in Chicago. The woodworker, like everybody's here in Chicago still doing that shit. That's amazing. Even though a lot of shit's going overseas. Right. You know, and I feel like like there's a they're spending a lot more money for sure. Because they're not saving the money on going over there. But these designers, they see, like, hey, we need to, like, we need custom stuff. We need stuff that, like, you walk in the door and you're like, wow, this is unique. Yeah. It's all about the it's all about the experience. When you walk in any place, it's all the feeling you get when you walk in. That's why we go to these places. You know what I mean? That's why you go to Bad Hunter. Yeah. When you sit down and you don't know why you feel good there. Exactly. They don't know why it feels good because it's made with someone's yeah. hands in the neighborhood. One of the things that, I mean, I'm, I'm an urban sociologist. So one okay. of the things that urban sociologists have been interested in for a long time and, you know, sort of continuously argue with each other about yeah. is like, you know, when thinking about how neighborhoods change, how gentrification happens, yeah. how development happens, what's more important? Is it like the economic things or is it these cultural things? And I thought that was an interesting question and it's a question that people still argue about. And I thought business owners are sort of the perfect people to talk to about that because, yeah. um, you know, on the one hand, they have these, um, you know, financial motives, economic motives, they need to pay their workers. They we need have to survive. Have, they have to survive. Very general survive. terms, just yeah. survive, yeah. But on the other hand, you know, I mean, these are folks that, um, like in your case, live in the neighborhood, but even if you don't live in the neighborhood, you have customers who are in the neighborhood, so yeah. you care about things. You care about all these other things. Yeah. So, like, it's... I started thinking about business owners just as sort of, like, almost like a literal intersection of these two interests. We have to care about both. Yeah, you have can't alienate the neighborhood. Right, exactly. So...
Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the conversation and you learned a little bit about us. I appreciate you being one of the first listeners to our very first episode of this podcast. Um, feel free to share, review, and to this is Casey. And thank you for tuning in to Upset Chicago.